You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rob. Yeah. If you like hanging out at Walmart, if you like hanging out in the aisles, if you like talking random stuff, random rambling with Rob. Uh, random rambling links with Rob. Yo, yo. Random rambling links with Rob. Walmart talking. What random? What random? Random random rambling with Rob. 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 What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. If you're a first-time listener, I appreciate you very much for giving my show a try. And if uh, anybody referred you to me, give them a crisp high five. If you're in their vicinity or you can send it virtually via Snapchat Instagram or whatever method that you deem worthy enough to send a crisp high five. Um, I have another guest with me this episode and he is one half of a group that I'm actually recording right now because um, yeah, I had his, his cohort, his homeboy on here before him and uh, yeah, I didn't get none of that shit. I'm just like I'm reliving it right now. It's just like, look, I, I t- I'm gonna tell you how I felt in the moment. I mean, I got dude on. We did. We had a little pre-talk beforehand, and then um, you know, we had a conversation. It was cool. We man, we he was telling me all his innermost feelings and everything, and how he made his triumphant venture into comedy and leaving from his home, going to another place to pursue his dream even further. And then when we hung up the call, I was like, man, that was great. And then I looked at my shit, and I have no way for formats on my damn screen i didn't have no files in my backup joint and i was just sitting there like fuck and i was just like i didn't want to call this dude back and tell him that i ain't got shit so i sent him an email and i apologized every other line and then i got on social media the next day when i went to walmart like i normally do and i apologized on instagram then i got on twitter and i followed his account and i apologized on twitter and then I told my wife about it and and I sobbed in her lap and I apologized again uh, just in my head again and yeah, that's how I felt. But <laughs> unfortunately... That's a lot of apologizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get real sensitive about my shit. <laughs> but I have an actual recording with this homeboy. <laughs> Half of uh, Chuck Nilla Entertainment uh, Comedian Extraordinaire Jamie Gravy, how are you, sir? Man, I'm doing good, man. I really appreciate you having me on. And I'm telling you right now, Stacy is not even worthy of all those apologies. Oh, well, shit, I'll take them back then. <laughs> yeah, all of them. I'll take up a couple back for you. All right, cool. Yeah, we just... We'll, <laughs> fuck that dude. Yeah. I yeah, meant, I meant to not me. record it. I just wanted Jamie. <laughs> I don't you mean know, that at all. You can't say it's all about the Miller, though, so I can't even say that. Yeah, I didn't mean that at all. I'm sorry. now to hell with them yeah to hell with them yeah but hey man this this is about you i done got all that apologizing out the way and i'm gonna apologize for you for apologizing to somebody else that wasn't even on the show technically (laughs) so yeah you ever you ever you ever talk to somebody and they're just like you ever hear somebody get in trouble for saying sorry too much like you say sorry too much quit saying that all right sorry son of a bitch (laughs) get to fighting and shit all right yeah, but um, 
How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing well, man. It's uh, it's it's good to to be able to talk to you. Um, it's good. I'm glad to be on. So thanks so much for having me. Um, we're over here. I'm on East Coast time, and How? Man, it is cold. I'm not saying it's not cold in Texas, but man, as a Texan, as a native Texan. I'm not used to this New York weather. Yeah. I mean, you've been there for a little bit. I mean, how was the adjustment for you? The adjustment wasn't too bad. Um, I've been here about four months now. Um, it wasn't bad at first because it was it was hot when I got here. They had like a record-breaking heat of a summer when I got here. I was like, you got to be kidding me. You know, it's the, the year I move is the year that New York has like a record heat. Yeah. But, uh, but so that felt, you know, like I was kind of used to that. But, man – you know, my birthday was in November, just uh, about a month ago. Happy birthday. And it snowed. Well, thank you so much. But I, I say that to say that it never has snowed before my birthday in my life. And I had snow the day before my birthday, and that tripped me out. I mean, I've never seen it that soon mm. to have it in November. And it was a lot. So that was a little strange. Yeah, um, I seen, I went back through your account and everything, and I seen that you had the road trip, you know, posted on your Instagram story and everything. I mean, how was that trip? How how many hours was that? Oh, yeah, the the road trip coming up here. Um, It was, well, we took a longer route. My brother accompanied me on a little cross-the-country road trip um, uh, because I had to bring my car up here to New York we decided to make the most out of it. You know what I mean? How many times do you drive across country? You know, so a lot, um, right. <laughs> oh, have you? I have. <laughs> uh, really? Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I'm from a traveling family and, uh, we, I'd never really gotten a plane until like I joined the military and shit. I mean, I went twice as a kid. Uh, I think I went to my sister house in California, but it was only the trip there. And we drove back to Louisiana. <laughs> So, oh damn! Yeah, so I done drove uh, the with the two day journey through El Paso because like most mm-hmm. of, most of that side of Texas is El Paso, uh, right? And then it's pretty much El Paso. If you're going if you're going west, you're going to El Paso, Mexico, or California. Exactly. And <laughs> I've made that drive many times. So I, I, I went I went two summers to stay out there. So we drove back two times then i went to boot camp on the west coast so my parents drove out there to see me graduate then they drove my ass back to louisiana for my leave oh man and then i've drove from louisiana all the way i think the highest i've ever been up is kentucky i think okay and then i've been to where where else i drove to washington from north carolina when i was stationed in north carolina so i think yeah so that's the highest up I've been up on the east side. Okay. And then that drive's really not too terrible. I mean, that's about a, what, a six hour drive from Carolina, Washington. Yeah, yeah. It ain't too bad. It, I, I ate that up. I, I, compared yeah, to what I like, was that's used like Texas to. driving right there. That's like, that's like driving from, uh, that's like going from uh, North Dallas Houston to, to South Houston. <laughs> yeah, to San Antonio or something. Yeah. That, but, but, but it was cool. It was, I mean, ours wound up being. 30 total hours, but again, we kind of went a long way. We decided to go down into New Orleans, mm-hmm. and then we went up to Atlanta, stopped at Myrtle Beach, then D.C., and then finally New York City. So we, we took our time kind of getting up so we could kind of see some things we hadn't seen before, and uh, it was awesome. And then, my, and then my brother, he so he drove up with me to enjoy the trip, and then he flew down back home. So he only went up one way. Hmm. Yeah, lucky bastard. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Yeah, it was cool. Of course, I didn't mind. I was like, oh, I really just, you know, I was like, I need someone to go with me. I wanted to yeah. drive up there alone. You know what I mean? So I was like, so I got him to tag along, and uh, we had a great time. Yeah, because I can tell you, um, I remember being single and being in the military and driving from Jacksonville, North Carolina, to Lake Charles, Louisiana. That's like eighteen hours, and mm. to, and to do that shit <laughs> by yourself, that fucking sucks. Yeah, man. I could imagine that's got to be brutal. Oh yeah, I mean, you start getting delusional and shit, and seeing things in the road that ain't really there that you hope ain't really you're right. There. I thought <laughs> yeah, I saw you're like, damn, who roofied my drink? Yeah, I thought I saw an alligator going across the street, and then I, I wouldn't even nowhere close to the south, so I knew I was fucking around and tripping. <laughs> yeah, but well, I, what the hell is happening? I remember one time, and this is how much of a pro I am. I, I made that trip so many times from North Carolina to um, Lake Charles to go visit that I was coming back through Atlanta. And there's the uh, turnoff to where you go from I-20 to I-95 north. So I've drove this many a times, day, night. It doesn't matter. I drove it so much that I remember this one specific time. I don't know how the fuck I did it, but I did it. I came up to the sign. I was going on I-20 and it said um, I-95 exchange X amount of miles. So that was the last thing I remember. And then I wake up on I-95 North. So, Ooh, so woke up. I woke up driving I-95 North. So I don't even remember from the sign, the however many miles to the turnoff to go north. <laughs> but I got there. <laughs> Damn, that is scary. Hell yeah. Especially when you just like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> Yo, that's yeah, right. The good thing it wasn't like morning or something like that would have been crazy. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, did you make any um, stops? Did you do like a comedy tour along the way? Didn't do any comedy uh, stops. It was more of a, just kind of a, a trip. Um, didn't set up anything along the way. Just kind of took some time off. Uh, again, just enjoy it. Again, me and my brother kind of went up there together and just we just hung out. It's awesome sights. Uh, so we took five days to come up. So again, we stopped and we made five stops. Well, really, I guess four for a night we spent a, a night in new orleans another one in atlanta and then myrtle beach in dc which so we did really so four stops which you described as a fart <laughs> new orleans or something like that. well you described new orleans oh, yeah. as like a fart or something right <laughs> that's that's how it smells everywhere yeah now, went, if you're if you're from new orleans i don't mean to offend you but it's the city it smells like a fart now i understand though why they call it the big easy and i never understood why they called it the big easy but man, it's because the living is fucking easy. I mean, yeah. I'm talking about their rules, not even strict at all. I mean, it's, you know, in Texas, for instance, like, you know, like, you know obviously, like, drinking laws are pretty strict, you know, mm-hmm. and you can't even, like, leave a place, you know, with obviously any alcohol. You can't even come into most places, even if you have, like, a bottle of water or coffee, right? Yeah. So we're just walking the streets with daiquiris in our hands, and then... Like we go to a restaurant and we're like, oh, we got to finish these first. They're like, no, no, you can bring them in. And so we're just drinking another place's daiquiris at this new table we got. And then before we leave, they're like, y'all want any dessert or maybe a daiquiri to go? I'm like, you say a daiquiri to go? Hell yeah. Pour me up one of those. That's what I enjoyed about Louisiana in general because, I mean, it's pretty much like that uh, statewide. I can walk into a Walmart and get a fifth of gin or a Crown Royal. Hell, I remember going into a Walgreens and getting me some drink. <laughs> so crazy. 
and then um, it's 24 hours. They sell it all day on Sunday. They they don't even really care. And then the way mm-hmm. to get around the uh, open container laws, if you go to a daiquiri shop, uh, they tape hold they tape put tape over the freaking uh straw hole. <laughs> Crazy. So yeah, and we had drive through uh, liquor stores, so that's fun. Yeah, the drive through store, yeah, that was insane too. That's that's pretty crazy. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's just Texas is pretty strict on alcohol because I know in New Mexico and Arizona, I mean, you can go grab liquor inside a convenience store or or uh, Walmart. Now that's not quite like that up here in New York, but the bars stay open hella late. I mean, so you can get you can order something to drink at like three, four a.m. at some bars. Yeah, uh, what what kind of perfect. Uh, excuse me what kind of perplexed me you know being older and coming cognizant of uh you know rules and you know different situations and everything any gas station in um where i was from has a damn near full-blown liquor store in the gas station or either that or some kind of eatery so you have a combination of the two in there and i'm just like wouldn't this be advocating drinking and driving i mean you got this shit in a gas station Yeah, exactly. I think about that too. It's crazy because yeah, I mean, it's just literally getting gas, and you're like, oh, you might as well take some whiskey. Like what? Yeah, smooth it's Tennessee whiskey. But yeah, comedy, sir. When when, when comedy? When did the bug bite you? When did it become a thing that you looked at it and was like, I could do this, or I want to do this? Um, I wouldn't say that bug got me. That got me probably in my teens sometime. Like, I want to say maybe uh, anywhere from, like, 13 to 15. Somewhere in that range, I started really liking it. I started look, I started watching it a lot. Um, I mean, I loved comedy from a, a kid, you know, since I was a kid. But, um, but stand-up specifically rather than movies, I started watching a lot in my early teens. And then in high school, I was like, you know what? I think I could do comedy. Like that would—that seems like something I want to try. Um, tried it, fresh out of high school. Did it? I went to two open mics, um, two weeks in a row, and then I didn't do it again for like seven years. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, weirdest thing in the world. But I mean, I remember, I'll never forget my first open mic. I mean, or my first those first two that I did, um, they were awesome. They actually went really, really well. And, uh, I don't know. I was just probably in a different spot in my life. Mature wise, you know, maturity wise, I was trying to go to college and I just was like, ah, I don't know, you know, it's a far fetched dream, you know, yada, yada. And then, uh, one day I was just like, found myself in my late twenties kind of being like, well, what the hell else are you doing with you? Like, I was waiting tables. So I was like, might as well be waiting tables and doing comedy. If this is the case, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I've been doing it now for actually three years today, full on. Happy anniversary. Yeah, thanks, man. It's crazy. I can't believe it. it's actually gone by super fast. And, and I think that's the thing with anything is like um, next month on the 13th will be my three year anniversary of podcasting. Oh, man. Congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. I said, you're absolutely you're much nicer than Stacy. <laughs> Oh yeah, Stacy's a dick. I told you, you don't need to apologize to that guy. He's an asshole. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's my he's my dude. He's my dude. But uh, funny story though about podcasting. Um, I actually started by podcasting as well. What? Um, yeah, when I first got started 
and I would call this into the entertainment field. Um, it was actually three years ago in the fall mm-hmm. rather than here in December. Uh, I'd started uh, a podcast with uh, Larry Roberts. Uh, he was actually the founder of this specific podcast, and I was his co-host. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was called Accidentally the Whole Tip. <laughs> I think and, I heard of that. I heard of you that. heard of it. Yeah, I heard of that name. I I never heard the show, but I've always heard that name floating around or whatever. Yeah, accidentally the whole tip, and uh, we we did it. We did ours for a little. Uh, well, he did the. He had his podcast for I want to say over a year. Now he has another one called um, uh, Readily Random. Mm-hmm. You can find uh, Readily Random. He's put out a book since then as well. Um, it's been pretty pretty cool stuff. But uh, but yeah, that's how I got my my start in. Um, entertainment and in comedy did that for a while and then um, uh, I stepped down and just to focus on stand up itself okay did you feel like um, being a co-host on that podcast kind of was the prep work for you to make that full transition into comedy yeah because I think um, you know at the time I was also playing with getting into radio Mm -hmm. Um, you know I've, I've been told a lot that I have a radio voice and I don't mind like talking and BSing. I mean, I think it's fun, mm-hmm. but um, at the but I think I knew deep down, like I, there's something about actual stand-up comedy that I really like. Um, I love the challenge of it, uh, and honestly, I just like getting on stage and like trying to make people laugh. I love a live audience. I mean, I just nothing like it to me. And while podcasting is great, you know, I, I can't hear what what they're how they're reacting to what we're saying. Yeah. Um, it's not live, you know, there's all these little factors in it that are so much different, but I do remember thinking, you know, I want to get into the radio or podcasting just to kind of get used to talking into a microphone and to get used to, um, talking and be myself over something, you know, kind of get the jitters out of the way yeah. before I really delved into comedy. So that's why I decided to start with uh, a podcast and it was great. And I know Larry, I mean, Larry's a good friend. I've known him, uh, for a long time. He's a good friend of my dad's. So he was wanting to start one anyway. I was like, "Hey, you know, do you need a co-host?" And it just kind of worked out. So yeah, I, um, you, yeah. So that's how it started. You talk about the jitters and everything. I just most recently went back and listened to my very first episode because <laughs> um, me and my wife we just started a, our own podcast. You, you know, she came to me with the idea, and I was just like, "What? Okay, let's do it." So crazy, yeah. I let her listen because she never heard it before. So I let her listen to my very first podcast. And she was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Dude, it, it's night and day, isn't it? It's amazing how much, it, it's amazing how much can happen in even a short amount of time, mm-hmm. let alone three years. Yeah, because I, I think I said podcast in that 42 minutes like 80,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the podcast and I'll be doing this podcast by myself in my podcast. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I do. I do. It's so funny, man, because there's there's situations like that even in stand up, man. Like you you say something over and over again, you're like, why the hell do I keep saying that? They know what the hell I'm talking about, or you'll just say things strangely that you wouldn't say in in natural conversation. Yeah, you know what I mean. Is ever been very weird, but has ever been an instance to where like you you know you setting up the joke, you deliver the punchline. And then you just have like the 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 urge just to go back to kind of explain what you said, so you make sure people get it for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny you say that. I usually do that when I get no laughs mm-hmm. because I know that it bombed, 
So then at that point, I find it funny to explain the joke that didn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, so I more so use it as a joke, but yeah, I do do that. That's like, I, I know I'm funny motherfuckers. I'm you going to get this shit. Right. Like if they don't laugh, I'll be like, you know, because the baker didn't realize he was out of bread. <laughs> yeah, you know, or something like that. And they're, they're just like, like, yeah, we got it. It just sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, that's some funny. It's like, it, it's like a joke for me. You know, sometimes you got to make yourself laugh while you're up there and screw everybody else. Yeah, I get that. Now, like, um, with that being said, um, the first time bombing, I'm doing air quotes or whatever. Uh, yeah. What was that like for you? I mean, how did it affect you? Did it motivate you to do better, or did you kind of take it hard at first, and then you eventually got over it? Uh, well, it definitely sucks. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I would say what <laughs> uh, I just remember thinking. I don't want that to happen again. <laughs> so I guess it does make you uh, better. I mean, I don't know, man. I think some people can bomb and it can definitely discourage them and make them quit. Um, I just remember thinking I don't want that to happen again. Mm-hmm. But I just also realized that this, I just knew like, well, everybody says that they bomb. So don't let that be the factor that makes you quit. You know what I mean? I kind of remember thinking that to myself. Now, what I didn't know, here's what people don't tell you. Ooh, people talk you. about, people are going to say that you bomb, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, all the greats say that you're going to bomb. So just expect that. Someday that's going to happen. You're going to bomb really hard. Well, here's what they don't say. When they say you're going to bomb, they don't mean like one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what they mean is you're going to bomb regularly. Like on a, on an, on a very frequent basis, at open mics and things like that, you're going to hear a lot of silence. No one talks about that. Yeah. They just make it seem like it's like this far off once in a lifetime thing, which I'm sure there's different levels of bombing, but for, there's tons of times where you're at an open mic and it's full of comics and no one's laughing at anything the whole, the whole day. Cause yeah. it's just comedians, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's it's weird. It's horrible. It's like um, around the time that I started doing this podcast, um, I just really started getting over the fear of public speaking. It's just like I didn't have a problem talking to nobody or whatever. But if you gave me a format to present in front of people, you know, I had an issue delivering. So, um, yeah, I got over it because um, I was forced to. <laughs> Um, because uh, you know that that's how the military works. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So gotta, I, I had the bright idea of um, when I got to go to a different duty station. Well, I didn't get to go to a new duty station. I was told once again, uh, you're going back to Fort Leonard, Missouri, where it all began for you in your job field. So Fort Leonard, Missouri, is um an army base in uh freaking the middle of the armpit of Missouri. So, oh man, fun! Yeah, very fun. The only thing they have there is a Walmart. So, <laughs> there is where when I first entered the Marine Corps is where I went to train. So that's how I knew it was a shithole to begin with. So I had to go back there as a seasoned individual, and I had to go teach. So now I had to go back to the place that I hated the most when I was there, <laughs> and then I had oh, to wow. teach all these new 
brand new Marines that's coming into the Marine Corps that's learning this new job occupation and whatnot. And I have to teach them all the things that I know per the doctrine. So, I mean, I can, right, right. I, I can tell you what I know. I, and, you know, I have that many years of experience in this field. So I got the knowledge, but I have to teach you the knowledge the way they want me to teach you the knowledge. And mm. I had a hard time doing that because not everything in the book is how it's actually going to go down. You know? Well, yeah, no, I agree with you that 100%. I think that's that to me is sometimes even tougher mm-hmm. because you're you're not speaking from again your personal experience or from your heart. You're you're speaking somebody else's words, and that that is hard. So I I could understand that would be uh, that'd be tough. I think for anyone. And I think I found out how to game the system. I think all of us did. You know, once I got there and got through the went through the paces and learned the ropes, <laughs> I wind up teaching it the way I wanted to teach it. Because you have to go through um, a course on the curriculum. So they teach you how to teach. So I had to go through all that. And that's what really started to break me out of that uh, fear, you know, because it was, you know, much like comedy is I get up in front of people and I do my reps. It's practice. Right. You know, I get the I get the hang of it. And um, after you go through the courses and everything, you get your certification and whatnot. I mean, you street legal. I mean, you got your license. I mean, (laughs) that's what it is. It's just like you're trying to get your license. So you do it by the book. You know, when you got the instructor in the room with you and whatnot. And then when when that motherfucker leave and they give you the reins, I mean, ah, I'm running red lights. I'm doing donuts. I'm doing all this crazy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, once I got over those hurdles of the classes and, you know, being graded for, you know, teaching curriculum and everything, it became easier because I knew the material. I knew when and where I needed to emphasize what they had highlighted in the manual. But then I knew where I could fuck around at as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. It's you fun. knew where you knew where you could kind of get away with some something that was a little bit more your own voice and I mean, that's, that's probably what teachers go through constantly you know we just never think about it like that yeah i mean and that's what opened my eyes to it because i mean i was actually teaching i mean it's not like what i mean it is like school because i mean they, i got to teach them the stuff they get little handouts and booklets to study um, they have study groups and all kind of stuff we got study hall if a motherfucker fail <laughs> So Mm -hmm. I was a teacher for like two years and what I loved about it was not really teaching, but being able to talk to those young Marines that were coming through, you know, the beginning of their career. And I got to tell, I got to tell them a lot of things that I wasn't told just like you were when you first started comedy. Right. So that's what I enjoyed about it most. That is pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's funny because I'm sure there were times where you probably got a little frustrated oh, with them. You have no idea. You know, well, I can imagine. I mean, there's it's like that with with new comics. You know, ooh, do tell. Well, you know these new comics. You know, they're just like you know they're well. First of all, they're always filled with with hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you got to dash that and shit and right at the door. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're all filled with joy and fucking glee and shit and I'm like what are you smiling about like why you know get up there and fucking bomb your ass off for two years don't get booked and get rejected a lot 
and then you'll understand why I'm not so excited about talking to you right before your first open mic, you know? <laughs> so this is my first time. I'm like, welcome. I don't know what to tell you. Welcome to the Thunderdome, bitch. Welcome to, yeah, this is it. This is it, man. Did you have to you give know, anybody yeah. the This Is Sparta kick right off the gate? <laughs> no, man, because to, to be honest with you, there's there's enough comedians out there that are um, a little hard um, – hard faced, just stone faced, you know what I mean? Like that don't really like talking to you. Um, so I always try to be as encouraging as possible yeah. despite maybe how I'm feeling at the time. Cause you know, I don't want to discourage people, you know, it's, it's hard enough already to, to, you know, get over a fear that you might have or, mm-hmm. or a, or a self doubt. Last thing you need is another asshole, you know, being like, yeah, it's hard or, it sucks or don't do it or you'd be discouraging in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, cause I mean, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't want anybody to be that way to me. So, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. The golden rule. Yeah. So obviously doing comedy, you observe a lot of comedy. I mean, I'm not talking about like the, you know, the quote unquote professionals of what you see on Netflix and, you know, these big stand up shows and everything, but like, on your level, you go into all these different venues and um, mm-hmm. you you going through your um, paces now. And so, I mean, you're going to be seeing a lot of other comedians while you're waiting to, you know, get your shit in. So have you ever been around, you know, the same people more than once? Do you have like a core group of people that kind of like travel along the same roads that you've been traveling along? Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You definitely get to know your open mic uh core um really what we call it is a a scene you know what i mean every and every city is kind of the scene and by the scene they mean the people that are hitting open mics and trying to get booked on a local level Mm -hmm. um now when i started in dallas that really got to become my my family you know the the dallas comedy scene i i do consider my family um you know you're grinding with these guys constantly and you see each other get gigs and opportunities and it's exciting there's a small part of jealousy for every time they get a gig and you don't, yeah. but you know what I mean? That, I think though that's where the camaraderie comes through. It's like, you know, can you be happy for your brother or sister in comedy? And if you can, it builds really great relationships. I found, um, you know, there, and I've realized too, there's just no reason to get jealous of someone's opportunity because it's nothing personal. It's just, that's not what that person, you know, the, Whoever was booking the show, they were looking for that person. That's why they booked them. They weren't looking for your type or style. You know, so there's no reason to take it personal. Um, now, in New York, it's different. The scene out here is giant, as you can imagine. People oh, are coming yeah. out here because it's, you know, it's it's comedy foundation, you know. So, not only that, not only do you have the local scene, but you also have national headliners and stars out here that can pop in at any moment at badass clubs and boot everybody yeah. just to squeeze in and do, you know, so out here it's a totally different ball game. Um, as far as a tight, uh, group or community. Now, even out here though, I have recognized some, a lot of guys, uh, at the open mics and you can tell the ones that are working on it a lot versus the guy that comes in off the street. Like, Hey, I think I want to try open my comedy cause he's had a couple beers, you know? <laughs> so, it's still getting to know it. Now, now, some of the ones that you um frequent with or whatever, the ones that you see on a 
normal basis and whatnot, or that you have seen on a normal basis. Have you ever got down a ticks or whatever? Because like that, what I just said just now, like you know, when when people talk, they say like a lot, or uh, some people say um, or some people be like, you know what I'm saying? You know, they have their pet words. I mean, have you ever noticed yeah. that in people? Yo, absolutely. Yeah, the ones that you get to know the most, you you actually get to know their material um, <laughs> pretty well. You get to know their material. You get to know the, how the way they think. But, but again, that's also rewarding because again, it's it's very rewarding. It's almost like again, it's like the best way I can describe it is like seeing your brother like grow or your sister grow. You know, you're just like, oh man, oh that's cool. You know, she's been working on that joke for months, and I just saw it kill tonight. You know, it's really neat when you get to see those moments. So it, it kind of makes everything worthwhile. Now I seen uh well not seen but like I work in security here now. So, you know, we have our own little declarations that we say all the time. So, you know, somebody coming into the building, we say this. And then when they get to a certain section, we say this. And if something happens here in this section, we have to say this. So it's gotten to the point to where I work with the same group of people, you know, at my post. And there's this one individual. It gets on my nerves every fucking time because I know he's going to do it every fucking time. Somebody will walk through the metal detector and he, it, depending if if it's a dude, he ain't going to do it. But if it's a female, every time I want to walk through there, even if the motherfucker don't go off, he'll make the noise. He'll go, eh, no, I'm just kidding. I was like, motherfucker, just stop. Please. <laughs> it's fucking annoying as shit. And then um, we get a lot of people that come in there to speak Spanish or whatever. So if they come in with steel toe boots or high heels, I mean, it's automatically going to set the metal detector off. So we tell them to put it on the conveyor belt beforehand. So the female come up in there. I think that's his thing. The females, he fucking with them. They had to take their boots off or heels or whatever. He'd be like, without a piece of frio. You know, and he say it every fucking time. And I'm like, dog, just just stop. Just do your fucking job. (laughs) Just let's get this shit over with. <laughs> yeah, he, he's trying to make the most of his uh, security day. I guess I don't know man, what the hell. Yeah, I mean, I I know, man, but it's like to other people that just coming in here to do their business and get on. That's funny to them. No, but no, to exactly, the motherfucker yeah. that's there twelve hours a day with this dude hearing the same shit over and over again, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm done. <laughs> right? It's like, oh yeah, God bless. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's always the younger ones, I guess, huh? No, he's the older one. I'm the youngest one on oh, the post. Oh, he's the older one. Oh, damn. So he's really giving up. Yeah, it's just like he's stuck in his ways. That's why he keep doing it. That's, that's fucking funny. No, it's funny. So how long so did you retire military or did you, are you um, how yeah. long did you serve? Uh, 16 years. Wow. Yeah. And I was incredible. I was able to retire. So I'm happy about that. Man, that's really cool. Man, so uh, what was your job in the military, in the Marines? Transportation. I, I, I picked up stuff and I drove it to other places so they can pick it up and put it down. <laughs> gotcha. Yep. Any uh, any neat vehicles you, you got to drive? Oh, yeah, I got to drove just about. Got to drove. Here, here I am. Southern as fuck. <laughs> uh, I got to drive a whole bunch of things. Uh my favorite was the uh, what we call the seven ton. It's like not so much a eighteen wheeler, but it's uh, right along that edge of it or whatever. It's not that big, but it's pretty, it's a decent size, and I, I love to drive that thing. It got freaking 
all wheel drive. You go mudding in that thing and climbing mountains and all kind of crazy mm. junk. Very cool. I slept in them. That was my my house for a while. Oh wow! Yeah, and then um, we would go on field ops, and we have like big pallets of MREs and everything. And I would like sleep on them, and then I would get mad because people had to come get the MREs to eat. And I was like, "Oh man, you fucking up my bed, baby." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's any what, tours or anything? Oh, four, uh, three Iraq, uh, one Afghanistan. Oh wow! Yeah, it's alright. It's cool. Yeah, I mean that's something else. No, I man, that, you know that's that's something. Uh, I mean, that's a that's definitely a lifestyle. You know, I mean, six hundred man, that's really that's really something. What you? And so, congrats on the uh, on the retirement. I, that's 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 really cool. I appreciate it. Uh, what what you wind up finding is, um, I wouldn't say you get used to it, but uh, there is like a era of familiar familiarability or whatever or you know you get somewhat yeah. comfortable when you do it enough but i remember um after 9-11 happened shit fuck that couch <laughs> i was like like straight up i was like oh i didn't sign up for this baby i was stereotypical as fuck i was like i didn't sign up for this uh um right I might die. Uh, here, you woman, come here. Bear my child real quick because I might not make it back. I want to carry on the bloodline. <laughs> hmm. Man, that's what you got to do, man. It's shit. Nothing, no cupping season like, like hunting season, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, as far as, you know, getting around, doing your comedy and everything, I mean, what, yeah. where does that leave you in the way of relationships or whatever? I mean, do you find yourself, uh, you know, bringing that into your stand-up or, you know, bouncing ideas off of other people and whatnot? Um, well, uh, you mean bouncing my ideas off of people like, uh, like for, you mean joke writing purposes or, or being in a relationship as a comedian? Uh, all of the above. Like, you know, say you got a young, nice lady thing and whatnot and or you just, your, <laughs> your core group of people that you travel around with do you being a comedian to oh, me I, 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 what you're saying. yeah I feel like it's just like it's always you know trying to find material that you know comes up naturally around you to bring into your act cause like here right, right. with uh with the wife or whatever I'm always clowning around and cracking jokes with her and everything and then I yeah. just no I agree I definitely agree so well I was single for I'd say most of my comedy career, uh, but I actually have a girlfriend now who uh, actually still lives in Dallas. We got the long distance thing going on, so obviously um, that comes with its own territory. But um, we, she's also a comic, so we definitely bounce ideas off each other and and inspire like you know thoughts or or whatever it may be. Uh, so that's always nice. And then as far as using relationship material in my stand-up, it, it's just kind of different because I, I agree with you. I think some things should come natural, like mm -hmm. f for stand-up or inspiration. But sometimes I'm just like high in the shower and I just have a weird fucking thought and I make that into a joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like my jokes are very, I feel like, sh I, I sometimes I feel like there's not even like a common theme through any of my stuff that makes any sense yeah it's just like it just comes and it goes and whatnot it's just like you, one here you're talking about cats and then now you're talking about 
tacos and shit. So it just happens the way it happens. Yeah, yeah, it could be like it's like I tell a one liner, and then now I want to tell you a story, and then the, and then the next one I make I want to make an observational joke, and then the next one I want to do a really filthy joke about you know some you know sex or something. You know what I mean? Like they're all yeah. it's like they're sporadic. Yeah, it's just like because I've I've seen some comics they'll have like throughout the whole set it'll be an overarching theme or just like a story that's told over the whole set and whatnot in various ways. But like, um, right? Having be, having a relationship with another comedian, how deep do y'all go? I mean, I know you bounce ideas off each other, but like, there's gonna be the dozens played at some point, I imagine. So I mean, you mean how deep? How deep do we go uh, into like helping each other, or like roasting each other, or roasting what? each other? That's what I'm looking oh, for. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> As roasting, okay. Um, you know, I mean, we. We won't ro- we can roast each other very well, but uh, we don't really do it too. O- I mean, too often. Um, but we're both good at you know doing it funny, so that's always nice. However, I did have a roast um, back that. in uh, I think July, and of course she got up there and roasted me and killed it. Of course, I don't remember most of it, but I was drunk. But oh, uh, but no, but she's she's a hilarious comedian. You was toasted at the roast. <laughs> yeah, I was toasted at the roast. I mean, I was. I it was actually my roast, so I had multiple people buying me drinks, which was nice. Don't get me wrong, and it was just you know it was a whole night, mm-hmm. and uh, she went up like close to the last. And by that point, I think I had, if I had reached blackout. I was getting to blackout. So it was still maybe a fuzzy area. It was like gray out area. You know what yeah. I mean? I was grayed out. Uh, on, um, how did that come about? Was it a part of you uh, moving on to New York or was it just cause? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. The roast. Yeah. It was definitely uh, like, kind of like a send off. thing. Like people were like, you know, like you should do something uh, to, uh, like a, like a party or something, you know, and I, was, I you know, parties kind of feel weird. So I was like, or I mean, not weird, but they're fun and all, but you know, as a comedian and with so many comedy friends, you know, that made in, in it, I was like, it felt better to do it, uh, like a roast, you know, yeah. like a comedy show more, more so like, you know, comics, their night feels more fulfilled when you get some stage time, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's what we're all out here doing. So I'm going to work party and do a roast, you know, it'd be fun. And I actually ran a room, uh, an open mic in, in uh, Louisville. I started that like two months into starting comedy three years ago. And that mic's still running. And I decided to do the roast there on a Monday night. Now, Hattricks is a, in Louisville. It's a bar. It's very much known for not being a good open mic. It's very <laughs> difficult. Uh, people aren't paying attention to you. There's a lot of distractions. TVs are on. It's, you know, it's everybody there is, is if, if they didn't vote for Trump, they don't mind him. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, it's a tough room and, uh, but, but it's a great place for some weird reason. Like it's a fun place. So people like would, would come and it became a really big, uh, kind of open mic. And, uh, so we decided to do it there on a Monday night. We made it black tie. Everybody dressed up really nice because it's such a shitty bar. We thought it'd be kind of tacky. Yeah. 
and uh, it was a blast. We had so much fun. I mean, that night was it was unreal. I still think about it. <laughs> of course, I think about the times I remember. There's uh, a certain uh, point yes, where I yeah. stopped remembering, and I can't think about those things. Oh uh, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I would like to because I assume they continued to be fun, other than me looking stupid. Now I'm, I, I went back and I was looking through your account and everything. You, you get what, what goes into the thought for your promotional material? Because you're sitting here, you got your stomach out, freaking your, your boxer shorts, you got your high socks and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was for uh, that was for our show I had at Arlington Improv. That was a that was a, that was in May. That was a good one. So, well, the reason why I know is well. Those I put those on my tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I put that one of my yeah. Well, I'm very I'm a tall, skinny guy. Yes, and uh, you know, lanky, goofy, and not a good body. I'm not skinny like fit. I'm skinny like I just happen to be skinny, but I'm also but like stoner skinny. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which isn't good. It's, it's a gut and it's not toned anywhere. It's scrawny legs. And I was like, you know, me in underwear and socks would be good photo ops. So I decided to, I got a, uh, a great photographer, uh, professionally done in a studio and green room. His name is uh, John Marcus, a very, very good guy out of Dallas, photographer and comedian, hilarious dude. So look him up. And uh, he, he take, takes the pictures and I was like, you know, it'd be great to put these on uh, tickets. And uh, so... Um, another friend of mine, William Cinemo, helped me put that photo on on tickets, you know, to kind of go vertically. And the only reason why I decided to use that is just because I think it's funny. And I was like, if I'm trying to get people to buy these tickets to come to the show, I feel like they would want the ticket itself to show somebody. Like, look at this ticket. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> so that's kind of my thought process. Like, I just like, again, like, just, it's just because it's funny. No one like has fun with their tickets. No one like how come you don't have a funny ticket when you buy it? Something that just looks fun. Yeah. Now people buy bumper stickers and it's yeah. just paper. This is true. <laughs> I, I you had I mean? a, you had a video on your account that I had to ask you about. Is uh you right. you're in New York and there's these two people, I don't know what the hell they was on, but they just passed the fuck out on the subway. Oh my god, yes. What the fuck happened, man? Uh, what you, did you just come upon this? <laughs> well, I'm literally on my way home. I'm in the subway, and I get on. And you know, when you enter in the subway, you know, you don't really. If people are around, you just kind of you're like, all right, it's a safe area. So I just walk straight through. I sit down, and I turn around to sit. I look across from me, and those two people are just straight up passed out on the sub cart, and. uh I mean, they're obviously interesting looking, as you can tell. Yes. You know, and they got like a stroller, n- not not with a baby in it, you know, just because they were both passed out. But you just see shit like that constantly, like in New York. And, you know, it was just, it was just wild. It just tripped me out, you know. Yeah, so made that video. But it, that stuff's like constant out here. I think I was only here. That happened within the first month I was here. So what has been like the whole four months that you've been there? I mean, what what's some of the craziest shit you've seen? Well, I'll put it this way. I stopped filming people passed out on the subway because <laughs> I would have to do it like every subway ride. Yeah, you mean eating up my battery life. Do something different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the hell? But you've seen, I've seen a lot of different other stuff. Um, I just recently saw my first uh, platform rat. 
And so usually I see tons of rats, you know, on the streets, mm-hmm. digging into garbage, down on the tracks. But usually you're up on the platform waiting for the train, you know. And I saw my first rat on the platform the other day, and that tripped me out. Yeah. That was unusual. I seen um because I work downtown sometimes in Houston, and um one of the bigger buildings, the Mickey Leland building downtown. I was out there doing a patrol, and this fucking big ass cat ran across the sidewalk into the bushes. But upon further inspection, it was a motherfucking cat. It was a goddamn rat. Yeah, I ain't never seen a rat like that big in my whole goddamn life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she uh. It, I mean, the rats out here are are giant. They're like squirrel size. They're like Texas squirrels. And those like things. that's how that's like the size of the rats that are out here. And and also you talk about the subway or whatever. You did a little bit up in the on the train too, huh? Yeah, I did. I, I don't know. It tripped me out. I the longer I get up here and and ride these subways, I'm like looking at this crowd. I'm like, man, this is the hardest crowd in the world. If you just started doing it on the subway. And uh, hard crowds appeal to me because, you know, I think it's good for the challenge and it's good to kind of eat shit because it hurts really bad. And, uh, you know, misery is loves company. So I was like, you know, uh, I want to try it out. Did it one night. And my friend, Stacy, uh, the chalk of the chocnilla, mm-hmm. he, uh, I was like, hey, man, film this real quick. Just, you know, for shits and giggles. And I got like two chuckles, but that was the, that was about it. And it was for the rest of it, it was dead awful. People just staring at me with blank faces. Yeah, I mean, you probably dealing with a crowd that was coming home from work or going to work or whatever. They didn't did they eight to twelve hours a day, and it's like I ain't really feeling this right now. I mean, I'm laughing internally, which that doesn't really do anything for you, but yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, but we exactly. The you, you bring up the Chocnilla. I mean, how did that relationship become a thing? I mean, it's not like I I haven't heard the story before. I don't have any audio evidence to support this. So <laughs> that's a good point. That's good. Yeah, I could basically just steal Stacy's interview. You just ask me all the questions, you ask Stacy, and I'll just uh, <laughs> say the same thing. Um, so this is how Stacy and I met. Um, Stacy is a guy, by the way. If anybody's watching. Um, I don't know why I have felt the thing to specify. Oh, yes, I do, because Stacy's a chick name. Yeah. Well, this, this is, is more manly because it doesn't have an E in it. Exactly. Oh, that's what he claims. Yeah. So, uh, now I should specify, too. Uh, well, I think I mentioned earlier that, that I have a girlfriend. She's mm. a comedian. Her name's Lauren Riley, by the way. Also hilarious. Check her out. Lauren Riley. Uh, but Stacy is a dude uh, who... Yes, is a co-founder of uh, uh, Chocnilla, um, and we met at an open mic I was running in Dallas uh, a couple years ago. Um, I had the hat tricks on Monday night up in Louisville, like I told you about earlier. Um, but for about four or five months, I ran an open mic at this place called Strokers Ice House in Dallas. Um, big motorcycle distributor as well. It was just this huge spot, you know, and they would have, they would have tons of like biker events and, and rallies and stuff like that and music and things of that nature. A lot of bands would come through. Um, and we did a Tuesday open mic there and that's, uh, where I met Stacy. 
and then he came to hat tricks as well. So he came to a couple of my open mics I did, and we met one night, and we started talking about uh, doing videos. And and Stacy Express, he wanted to do um, like some racial based comedy, and I always liked racial based comedy as well. And um, of course, now and to be honest, a lot of white guys like racial based comedy, but it's rare you find a black guy willing to do it. Stacy came up with me to me with the idea. I was like, "Oh hell yeah, let's do it!" You know, <laughs> I found my I was end. All about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, "Fuck yes, it's about time." You're like just a, a godsend, you know. <laughs> so uh, we met, we hung out, and the but this is how I knew I really liked Stacy. I don't know if Stacy did he tell you about the time that this is basic. Did he tell you about the time he bombed at my open mic? super bad oh no well of course he didn't tell me that <laughs> man i was hoping he would because that's the best story this is how i knew i was like i was gonna fuck with stacy he's i could almost say i'm gonna get razzm here a little bit mm-hmm. i could almost say that stacy's responsible for why that open mic didn't continue <laughs> all right so <laughs> this is why so we this is a biker bar right mm-hmm. one of the tables in right in front of you the com- there is no stage you're just on the same floor as everybody else okay everybody else could be just at like little benches like they almost look like picnic tables like you know what i mean it's indoor there's like a pool table and like old ass motherfuckers they're all again another conservative place like <laughs> yes and uh like the table has like a confederate flag on it right and but again c- comics will do anything for some safe time they find out there's an open mic whatever you know they'll go do it and so uh on this night they happen to have the banditos biker gang in the house they were celebrating someone's birthday if you don't know the banditos the banditos are responsible for that uh they were they were involved i should say not responsible they were involved uh with the Waco shooting. Oh, okay. Do you remember that Waco shooting at Twin Peaks? Yes. <laughs> that little, like, with Twin Peaks fight, and there was, like, a shooting. Well, banditos were in that fight, okay? I don't know the details of who was responsible. I'm just saying they were both in they that, were there. They were in that fight, all right? They were there that night, and they were like, hey, just to let you know, like, the banditos are here, so it's a busy night, and it was. I mean, there was, like, 60 or 80 of these guys all like matching like leather biker vests and whatnot. And now it's a mix, it's a mixed gang. Like there's black, white, Mexican, all sorts of guys, you know, it's nothing like all white or all black or anything like that. But they were like, you can, you know, talk about anything you want, you know, be crass and stuff. They go, just, you know, don't bring up the Waco thing. And the guy was telling me that they're like, don't bring up the Waco thing. So I told everybody, I told every comedian, I was like, don't say the wake, don't say anything about the Waco incident. Don't say anything about the Waco incident. There was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And then, I, and then Stacy comes in, and I was like, I don't need to tell Stacy. Oh he, no! Why would Stacy? Why would Stacy know about that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I'd only uh, we only knew each other for like a month or two, maybe not even. And uh, I didn't say anything. Stacy gets up there. And they're about to celebrate something, and they're telling Stacy to be quiet because they're about to sing "Happy Birthday." Like they're interrupting Stacy on stage, mm. right? The comedians on stage, and they're like, "Hey, shut up! We're trying to sing Happy Birthday." <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? So Stacy's like, "He's like, okay, fine, fine. I'll shut up. I don't want another Waco incident." <laughs> oh. 
bro. I was like, you got to be shitting me. And I look over at those motherfuckers, and they're all like, no, hey, hey, no, no, that's not fucking cool. Like, they are not happy about that shit because they, like, lost a couple guys in that shooting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. And Stacy just stopped. He just, like, froze, and it was really uncomfortable. And he was like, sorry. And then he just, like, stopped. Yeah. <laughs> doing his set he just didn't do any more comedy and he just sat there and we all listened to the banditos sing happy, happy birthday, birthday to their fucking friend <laughs> and it was just like what the fuck do we do now <laughs> do we like oh, <laughs> and we just waited and so finally it ended and i went up i went up to stacy at this point got on stage with them and just kind of waited out and i was like bullshit with them i was like man i'm sorry about this man this sucks <laughs> and uh <laughs> And he was like, yeah, it's cool. And I was like, well, it looks like they're about wrapped up. I go, do you want two more minutes? I go, you're only up there for like two and a half minutes. I go, you can do some more if you want. Uh, Iggy's like, nah, I think I'm just going to call it. You know, and <laughs> right then I was like, I fuck with this guy. Cause that, he took it. That's the roughest I've seen. It, I've seen it as far as the comedian's concerned. That was the roughest. I've, I couldn't imagine doing that myself. In fact, I'm glad I haven't had that experience like Stacy did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have just been I like just, after 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 he said what he said, I'd just be like, All right, I've been uh Stacy Cordell and uh good night, y'all. <laughs> and I just yeah. left. <laughs> yeah, it, seriously, because it was very uncoachable. So after that, comedians that were there saw that happen. And let's just say the attendance started dropping mm-hmm. next few Tuesdays. Uh, so then we didn't do that mic after a while. But there was honestly not a lot of people that would even come to it either. But um, it, not all places, I would say, are suited for comedy. And that felt like one of them. It's a great place. Soakers is is huge. I mean, they, they do their own thing. But the comedy just didn't really work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I didn't ask you in the beginning of the interview or whatever. But like... Um, as far as comedy goes, I mean, who are some of your bigger influences and whatnot? Um, I would say uh, influences. I mean, as a kid, I grew up on Jim Carrey a lot. I love Jim Carrey movies. Um, I, I aspired to be him as a comedic actor. Same with uh, Will Ferrell, even mm-hmm. uh, comedic acting wise. They're just brilliant, I think. Uh, when I started getting into stand up comedy, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a 90s kid, got into comedy in the early 2000s, and as a preteen, or a teen, I should say, love Dave Chappelle. Oh, I mean, he was yes. Huge. He was huge my freshman year. I mean, I'm, when, when Dave Chappelle's show was out, yeah. and he released Killing Kill Him Softly, and, mm-hmm. or Killing Me Softly, and uh, damn it, that other special, I can't remember it right now. For what it's worth. Uh, yes, for what it's worth, that's right those two specials and Dave Chappelle show. I mean, I was just like, I was like in the process of falling in love with comedy. And then that all that came out and I was like, man, this is, this is something else. Um, Brian Regan is another stand up comedy uh, or comedian that I absolutely adore. I think Brian Regan, Brian Regan, like I, like I envy so much, you know, this as a performer and same with Norm Macdonald, his, his writing, Norman Donald, I think, is a genius. So, yeah, those three guys, I think, are the best, really. Have you ever seen that uh, movie with uh, Norm Macdonald and uh, Dave Chappelle, Danny DeVito, called Screwed? No. Screwed? Yeah, it came out in, I think, like, 90s. 
six or something. I'm just pulling this out out of my ass right now. I'm fact check it real quick because I have the power of the internet. <laughs> Screwed, man. Yes, I'm man. really searching, but no, I don't think I've even heard of that. Yeah, here you go. It came out in 2000. Norm Macdonald, Dave Chappelle. It had uh, Danny DeVito, freaking uh, Sherman Hemsley, Sarah Silverman. It had, it had quite the cast in there. No, wait. Crazy. Yes. I can't even. I got to look this up too. I can't believe that. No, I don't think I've seen it though, but uh, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna have to. Oh, yeah, I'm looking it up now. That's insane. I don't even. This doesn't even look familiar. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I've only found it because I, I love Dave Chappelle as well. And then it's funny that you bring his name up because, like, when I go through some of y'all skits and everything, I mean, you do some of, like, his mannerisms or whatever, like how you say, oh, shit, and, you know, and stuff like that. So I was just like, <laughs> he likes Dave Chappelle, I can tell, because I do some of the same shit he do. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's amazing how comedians can influence your style because, you know, there was a joke I did one time and it's a very dry joke and it's a long setup and story. And I got off stage and someone goes, that joke kind of reminded me of Norm MacDonald. Mm. And, uh, I kind of like adopted him in that aspect. And, um, I've also got really goofy and animated sets, which is probably why Brian Regan and Jim Carrier are an influence of mine because they're both very animated. If you ever watch Brian Regan, he's, his face, man, is hilarious. He's just, he's just funny as fuck to look at. Um, but it's weird how comedians can influence like your material. And mm. I've heard that that's one of the earlier stages of being a comedian. Cause you know, eventually you want to grow out of that. So anytime people tell me that joke reminds me of this comic, I'm always like, all right, that means I still have a lot of growing to do. Cause you know, you, you eventually want to find your voice. Yeah. Not, not adapt someone else's or, uh, adopt someone else's, I should say. Yeah. I, I I totally agree because like um I feel like the earlier iterations of this podcast it was kind of the same to where you know I I listened to so many other different podcasts and other different shows and whatever thing that I tried to you know kind of emulate that but then after a while just like why am I doing something that I can just listen to you know it, it was just like this isn't mine I need to make it mine you know right. Right. But yeah, um I'm gonna tell you how I came upon the both of you, you and Stacy. And I told Stacy yeah, this already. Yeah, please do cuz uh I, yeah, cuz I know you've uh well, you know, well, I thought we were following each other, but I I feel like we've been following each other for a while, but I I just followed you back today that for the, I, for some reason I wasn't following you. I don't know why. Yeah. I, but I know I was at one point, so I don't know, maybe I went through it at some point and cleaned it up. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, you just didn't like but I know that, that we've been <laughs> it's been following for a while. So um, I come across you two, and you know I come to I come across both of you as a pair. So that's how, that's how I found the both of you. But um, uh -huh. same thing I told Stacy. The first thing I noticed about the Chuck Miller thing or whatever was the name, but that damn logo, <laughs> the damn the white hand and the black hand, you know intertwining fingers holding the microphone or whatever i was like okay oh yeah you're talking about the day yeah the a1 day one logo yeah so <laughs> that's what drew me to y'all i was like what the fuck is that thing 
because <laughs> I was looking at it because it was it was in the corner somewhere or it popped up at the beginning of a video or some shit like that because I seen this thing and I was like what the fuck is that and I like I'm trying to get in close on it because I don't think at the time Instagram had the thing where you could pinch and zoom and shit so I'm like I'm studying this thing I was like what the fuck is that thing what is it it looked like hands then I see it and I was like why why <laughs> <laughs> yeah man that's some funny shit <laughs> And then, uh, you know, I start seeing some of the uh, the black privilege and white privilege videos and everything, the super homie and uh, freaking, um, I think the funniest one, and I think Stacy agreed to it as well when you was talking about change. <laughs> yeah, the change, that was a good one. We got to work with a lot of cool people in that video too. Oh, man. But like, what? Well, the A one day one logo as you dub it or whatever. I mean, Stacy gave me his take on it or whatever. But like, what was you thinking when you y'all came together and be like, all right, this is our shit. <laughs> this is our logo. Well, you know what's weird? Uh, I, I'm trying to think like how that one that asked that part even came up specifically. I don't, the conversation I can't remember. However, uh, what is funny about it is I remember Stacy and I. We're trying to, we brainstormed names and logos relentlessly. I mean, it took quite a few sessions of us getting together and thinking about it and hashing it out. And I think you reach a point of delirium mm-hmm. where, where you're like, where you hear a really bad idea. And for some reason to both of you, it sounds great because you're tired of thinking about it. Yeah. So I guess I can't remember how it goes down, but it was probably something like, you know, how about two hands intertwine lock showing unity? Mm-hmm. One's black, one's white, wrapped around a microphone. But none, of, neither one of us were like, could be a little gay. <laughs> we were both just like, yeah, badass. Let's let's draw it up. <laughs> <laughs> who commissioned it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who, well, I, I know I found the illustrator. Uh, who did a great job, and I wish he would have been like, "Are you sure?" But he didn't. So, <laughs> uh, when did y'all decide it was time for a change? Because like I'm, I'm at the bottom of the page. I see Stacy repping the shirt. I see you got one of the shirts on and everything. I'm going up, going up, and boom! All of a sudden, it just changed. <laughs> um. I think, well, I remember when we, I'll, I'll put it this way. When we decided it was time for a logo change, it was like all in unison. We all were like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't even like anybody was like trying to hold on to the old one. We were all just like, mm, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So uh, we got another one. And we kind of got our, I would say, our inspiration from emojis. Yeah. Because, you know, emojis, you know, they've got they've got the fist facing every which way and the fingers and all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on text, we would do that. Like, we had a little group message, you know, ourselves, our cameraman, me and Stacey, all that good stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, so we would do that every now and then and just kind of put the emojis, you know, like one black fist, one white fist bumping each other. We're like, man, we should, that should be the logo. Like that, that makes sense. That, that shows more of a, a solidarity rather than what could be confused as a, rela- a relationship. 
you know, it's fucking funny to think about, man. Like, I yeah, can, but, I can I can just imagine you. You know, y'all vegged out on the couch, just like watching TV or whatever, or just like coming down from a long day or whatever, and be like, "You want to change the logo? Yep." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking it's a logo switch time. Yeah, same here. That's uh, that was like priority one. Well, now we did have uh, somebody. Okay, so I was telling you about Larry Roberts. I did that podcast with him. Yeah, actually, the whole set. He had us on accidentally the whole tip uh, towards the end of that chapter uh, podcast and uh, he brought us on and he did mention how <laughs> the logo looked a little bit gay <laughs> and that may have been the first time we kind of thought about it like that like you'd be like nah man yeah. this is unity this is my brother man yeah yeah no but you interlock fingers with your homie <laughs> <laughs> He's like, come on, man, that's your BFF. He's like, actually, yeah, no, so. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, yeah, so it, it was definitely due for a change. The new logo was great. I mean, it, again, that's what's so great about having a team and being able to revise things, man. You know, you can always, I mean, working on your crafts, it just shows working on your crafts is great. Even with the logo changing something, I think, uh, throughout is good you know i've been um actually been toying with the idea of going by my real name instead of losing gravy but uh i don't know yeah man you you mean didn't nobody be like oh man it's gravy baby you know they can't do that no more (laughs) yeah that's so true don't get me wrong there's a reason why i've been thinking about it because it's it's, it's it's not an easy decision. People do like gravy a lot, so you know it's it's hard. It's I think it's hard for me because you know deep down it's like I, it's like I wish, uh, you know, I you know I don't know. Like I'm not. I guess I'm not. Uh, it's not like I'm not proud of my name. You know, I'm proud of my last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just I just kind of started going by gravy because people couldn't pronounce my last name right, which was which is Gravit. Mm. And uh, I was like, well, I want people to not stumble over my name when they're bringing me up at the op- these open mics. Yeah. So I changed it by nickname I was given as a kid. But, but yeah, I mean, people like gravy a lot, and I like it too. Don't get me wrong. It's it's fun. And then you just be like, yeah, you can just pull me on you, baby, and just let me. <laughs> yeah, and then give them that gravy. Yeah, you get this gravy, baby. <laughs> See, I mean, it's just fun to say. <laughs> It is. It is. No, I like. I, just, I think it's fun. You know, I, some people disagree with having stage names and things of that nature, but honestly, um, I just like making people laugh. Whether it's again putting my dumbass body on a ticket or <laughs> having a fun name, you know what I mean. I just like having fun, man. Like whether it's coming to a show or or just fucking around, whatever it may be. There's so many ways I think you can have fun. I think people forget about it. You know. Yeah, I mean, we we all got kind of girl esque names, especially mine. I mean, you got Stacy, you got Jamie, and my name, my first name is Shannon. So I mean, oh yeah, <laughs> yours, your yours. Luckily, you got Shannon Sharp, which is yeah, like, yeah. You know, if you're a football fan, you know, so that's. And was was extra weird about it is just like I would meet, you know, obviously more girls, and then I would do guys with the same name, you know, and I would like. I would run into a female with my name 
every now and then. Or even when I do get a telemarketer call and I'm like, who is this? And they'd be like, Shannon. I was like, hey, that's my name too. Bye. Click. And um, but only three times in my life have I actually met some a guy with my name as well. Really? Three times? Only three times. I went to school with one. Um, and then I just met two others randomly in the wild and that was it. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you say that. That's I, I I can't tell you how many exactly, but it's it's very low. Like it's definitely in the single digits um, of people I've met that are guys, Jamies. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's weird. It's not as popular these days, I guess, than maybe it was or something. I don't know. Yeah, cause it's gonna it, be like like kids, like you know, fifty years from now, their name like you know, Caden. There's so many Cadens. You know, I don't know. I do you, feel like that's a new new name. Do you, do you know how weird it's going to be? Like how you said in 50 years to when Daquan is going to be like a normal name somewhere? <laughs> For like an elder. It's like yeah. a, like a it's like an old head. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, hey, how you doing? Oh, respecting. That's my grandfather, Daquan. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine that shit. I mean, because like they got girls with some horrible names just floating around there right now. It's like... Oh my dude, yes. Girls with... Like, they had the one girl that was on the news. It was a a video way back. I I forget. It was a couple years ago. Her name was Erica. And it was spelled like Air-Rec-A. Oh my God, yes. I saw that shit. I was like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, man. That's hilarious. So, I mean, yeah, we're going to have Grandpa Daquan running around here. Um, we're going to have uh, yeah, Air, Air, Air Rekka. Yeah. Uncle Future. Uh, didn't, you know, they got a lot of the famous people naming their kids like King and shit. So, Uncle King. Uncle King. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or Northwest. Or exactly. Yeah. Auntie West. Auntie West. Well, that ain't too bad. Thanks. Well, there's a there was a Seinfeld episode where, where uh, I don't know if you ever watched it, but George he talked about naming his kid uh, Soda. He's like, you want a you want a good name? Name your kid Soda. No one has that name. What? <laughs> yeah, can you imagine a motherfucker named Soda? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just I'm I'm pretty sure if we sat here and we just pulled up some shit on the internet or something, we could find a motherfucker with some fucked up names that's gonna be even more fucked up when they come of age to be like grandparents and shit. Yeah. What how, how yeah, do you think was, how do you think the DMP the DMV people feel when they come in there and they these people try to get licenses and IDs and shit? And we're like, how do you spell that? <laughs> yeah, uh yeah, you're gonna have to spell it. Man, that's a good point. I don't know how to spell anybody's name anymore. Yeah, that's why I asked you when we first got on. I was like, eh. and then I, you know, you know what? I'm I'm gonna reveal some uh, behind the scenes stuff for the round around sure, to yeah. So like, when I'm not sure about somebody's name, you know, it's like even if I'm sure of it, even if I'm sure of it, um, you can probably tell when I did the intro. I was like, yeah, la 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 la. I had all this big grandiose, you know, pomp and circumstance, and I was like. Jamie Gravy because I was making sure that I was saying it right I was like I didn't want to be all loud like Jamie Gravy he's like that's not my name I'm like fuck alright yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
No, man, you're good. But yeah, it, it, that's just how it is in LA. It's just so hard to tell, like how to say or even spell people's names. You know, I mean, like I had a, yeah, I had a director. Even, even gravy, bro. Even gravy. People are like, "Hey, is that gra- gravy? Gravy like the food? Like they're even unsure. Like surely that's not. You're not saying biscuits and gravy, right? Like uh, I'm uh, like, no, I am. They're like, oh, okay. It's grava. <laughs> yeah, gravy. Uh, yeah, what? I don't know what they're thinking. I had a dude on here the other day that I recorded with. His uh, name is uh, Saquon. So when you look at it on paper, it looked like Shaquan. So I was like, Shaquan is your name? He's like, nah, it's Saquon. I was like, all right, my bad. <laughs> yeah, I must have, yeah, I hate when get upset about it. Like, motherfucker, how? I've, I've never seen this. <laughs> I said, you, uh, there's an S, an uh, emoji, and a U <laughs> and an N. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the emojis are. I swear, watch one day's emojis are going to be in a fucking name on a birth certificate. I believe it. There's already motherfuckers spelling black with a V and a six and shit. So I don't understand how that works. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what I like to ask everybody that's a, uh, you know, striving to make their way in their chosen field of entertainment or um, their chosen profession or whatnot, where do they see themselves in the next two to five years or where would you like to be in your craft in the next two to five years? Uh, next two to five years, man, where I see myself is um, being in entertainment full time. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily saying I'm a, that I'm uh, nationally known or anything like that, but um uh, definitely doing entertainment full time, whether that's writing, doing acting gigs, as well as doing stand up, combination of all those three. Um, basically, I'm not waiting tables um, and I'm being able to support myself through gigs. That's kind of where I see myself in, in two to five years. And probably still in New York. I don't have uh, plans or immediate plans to move back uh, to Dallas anytime soon. So, is what it is. Speak with the devil. Stacy just walked in. The roommate, the chalk of the chocnilla. I mean, who who is that? I mean, I I have no recollection of who this person is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where that's where I see myself. Word. So um, if there's anything you can do, because like we spoke about this earlier on, how, you know, I had the opportunity to guide some of these uh, young Marines and everything in the, early on in their career. If there happened to be any aspiring comedians or, you know, screenwriters or whoever may be listening to us right now. I mean, what what's your word of advice? I mean, that you would give to them. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, no, this is kind of cool because, you know, there's a, I mean, I still feel like I'm, I'm new as well. I mean, again, I'm only three years into it, really. But in the three years, I would say what I've learned the most is uh, you're going to go through changes as a comedian. So don't let that discourage you. Yeah, you're going to get hair in um, funny places and your voice is going to change. <laughs> yeah, your voice does change. Like, you don't even, you don't even really know who you are as a comedian, I would say, in the first couple of years even three years even um it's you know because you're gonna want to try a lot of different things and that's okay so just i would just say keep going literally just keep going um 
is you know it's easy to to I think get bogged down with oh I need to write more I need to write more I need to write more but is and is it's very important but it's also important to have fun because you know like your everyday life is where comedic inspiration comes from so make sure to live as well as work you know yeah I got it words to live by I appreciate you uh, sharing that with everybody and um this is where we're gonna wind it down man uh, be, but before you go let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Well, cool. All right. Uh, this has definitely been fun, man. Thanks for having me. It's been really neat. I appreciate you. No problem. Uh, you guys can follow me at uh, on Instagram. It's at Jamie underscore gravy. Uh, you can also check out my website, www.jamiegravy.com. And by the way, Jamie is spelled J-A-M-I-E, not Jaime, J-A-I-M-E, <laughs> but that's Jaime. Yeah, if I was a little south of the U.S. border, it could be. And don't get me wrong, a lot of my Mexican friends like to call me Jaime. Yeah. But uh, it is actually Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, gravy.com. Um, YouTube, Jamie Gravy, on my YouTube channel. Subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. And uh, add me on Facebook, Jamie Gravy. For sure. All right, man. Uh, it's just like uh, anybody that's been on the show before. The door is always open for you to come back and, you know, promote the next thing you got going on or just to come shoot shit, man. Cool. Yeah. No, I had a lot of fun, man. It was good talking with you, Shannon. All right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, man. And that was Jamie Gravy, everybody. He, he's had a long three-year career. It seems like he has a very bright future. It's funny that he's only been doing comedy for three years, and he's been around as long as the Random Ramblings with Rob podcast. I look forward to everything he has coming up, and I want you all to follow him on Instagram at Jamie underscore Gravy. So that's it for this week. And I look forward for more things coming soon. Go to redemrobcast.com <laughs> and find different ways to support the show. You can follow me on Twitter at It's B Rob. Uh, that's I T S B R O B. If you want to talk professional wrestling and any other general shenanigans, that's the place you do it. The show also has a Twitter account, at 3rshow. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, to where I walk the house hearts of Walmart. And that's my favorite store in the whole wide world. <laughs> and look for more episodes at Wrestling is Trash. Hey, no it's not. Yeah. And you can find that at WrestlingIsTrash.com. Seriously, it's not. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.